Let's pray. Father God, we do give you thanks and praise this morning. I, I thank you for this opportunity to come before you and um, to preach your word this morning. Yes. Father God, I had so many eloquent words to say uh, in this prayer, but very simply, um, I just want you to use me this morning. And may you de- increase and may I decrease. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 100, a psalm of thanksgiving. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is good. He is God as well. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Praise the Lord. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Why? Why should we do it? Well, that's the way that we always enter into God's presence with thanksgiving. A spirit-filled, Christ-centered, word-filled, faithful, prayerful, obedient Christian is always going to give thanks for everything to God. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Again, a spiritful person is going to be the one who gives thanks to God. Amen. Today I want to talk about Thanksgiving, and it's not the American kind of Thanksgiving, um, but it's a kind found in the book of Colossians. And a few questions I want to ask you this morning. How thankful are you? How does Thanksgiving rank in your life? Are you constantly giving thanks to God? Is your Thanksgiving for personal benefits, the blessings that he gives you? Or is it for your job? Is it for your schooling, your uni, um, your entermarks, you know, the place that you got into uni, the car park that you got on Boxing Day? Is that what you thank God for? Is it the Christmas gift that you received? Is your Thanksgiving self-centred? Or is it about your family? Is, do you give thanks for your family, your friends, your fellowship? Do you stand in awe of him? Growing in Christ, maturing or being perfected in Christ. And then once we've answered those questions, ponder this one. How, if you are thankful, how often do you say, thank you God, thank you Jesus? Is it just before meals? Or is it done privately under your breath as you're rushing here or there? Or is it a dedicated time of thanksgiving? perhaps even public or corporate thanksgiving. So today I'm looking at thanksgiving as it's revealed to us in the book of Colossians. And Colossians is a wonderful letter by Paul to the church in Colossae. Some say Colossae, I say Colossae, which focuses on the preeminence of Christ. Colossians 1.18, And he is the head of the body, the church, 
who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. And as you read through Colossians, you also pick up on another underlying theme, and that is of thanksgiving. And that is 100% related to the superiority, the greatness of Christ. It all flows from Christ. And that's what I want to explore a bit today. So, by the grace of God, I'd like to look at six verses found throughout the letter to the Colossians, which are related to thanksgiving. Okay? Each verse uses the same Greek word, Eucharistia, I believe. Giving of thanks, gratefully, it means gratitude, thankfulness, thanks, thanksgiving. And in each verse, that's the same word used. And so today is more just a glimpse, really, on thanksgiving. Um, and that's what the Lord has placed on my heart over the last few weeks. And perhaps another time, we can, I'd like to be able to go verse by verse um, through the book of Colossians, because I think we'll get such a, a more wondrous picture of Jesus and what it means to be in him. And obviously, thanksgiving reaches further than just the book of Colossians, okay? It's throughout the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament. Um, it's an essential part of our life as a, a Christian, giving thanks to God. We see that this is the pattern of the life of Christ, to thank God. And we see that it's the pattern of the angels in heaven to thank God. And it's a commandment to us as well. We must be thankful to God. He is the one that provides everything. So I'm honoured and, and uh, very grateful to Pastor Werner and Pastor Gary and, and Elder Com to give me the opportunity this morning to um, share this message. As you know, I'm, I'm more accustomed to share the word of God on the streets. Uh, as Brother James would testify, uh, it's a strange uh, quirk of human nature. We find it easier to preach to total strangers than to our brothers and sisters in Christ within these four walls, or a number of different walls here. Um, so, uh, to make it a bit more comfortable, I, I, if we can just imagine that, or picture that we're out on the street somewhere, okay, that'd be great. Um, I'm up on a little stool, maybe Burke Street Mall. Um, everyone here is just uh, rushing around doing their shopping or whatever it may be, trying to um, not make eye contact with the other people handing out Christian tracts, okay? Um, and maybe you might stop and listen to what I'm saying as I'm standing on my little stool preaching the Word of God. And I do hope today you do stop and listen. Um, and again, to make me a little bit more comfortable, if you would like to heckle, um, and I say this quite often whenever I preach the Word of God, if you want to heckle me, that's great. That will, again, make me feel more comfortable. It will draw a bit of a crowd. A couple of conditions on that. Um, my kids know that they're not here, so that's great. They can't heckle me. Brother James, definitely not. And actually, my whole Bible group, the home home group, You've given me enough encouragement this week already. No more heckling, okay? Praise the Lord. All right. But I do want to preach on Thanksgiving here this morning and um, maturity or perfection in Christ from Colossians. And I would also like to apologise in advance. Just one more thing before I get into it. Uh, I struggle with my THs. I say F. When I get lazy, I say F. And I'm really glad that Vanessa's not here or any, there's no speech therapist listening possibly. 
because um, they'll have a nightmare listening to me today. And reading through my sermon, I've only said or mentioned thankfulness or thanks or, or something like that about a hundred times. I really should have called the message gratitude, I think. Uh, but praise the Lord. And it actually reminds me, some of you may have heard this before, but our brother Robert, who's uh, got a bit of a knee issue at the moment, um, we're going to keep praying for him. But when I came to the Lord 12 years ago or so, my first Bible, our first Bible study group was with Brother Robert and Varney and the boys. And it was a blessed time. You know, you're hungry for the word and it, it was just great. And to be under, um, uh, under Robert, it was really a, a blessed time. But he kept on going on, and I was getting a bit confused. He's kept on going on about you've got to have face. You've got to have strong face, facing God. And for the first couple of weeks, I was really confused, okay? Should I use more moisturiser? Should I use less moisturiser? Maybe I shouldn't shave at all, you know? Maybe I'll look a bit more rugged, stronger face. Then, realising in his German kind of accent, I realised he was actually saying faith, not face. Um, and so, it all made sense after that. But again, again, enough of that pronunciation, okay? I'm sure Brother Rob didn't, wouldn't mind me mentioning that, but enough of that. Let's go, go back to the questions at the very beginning. What are you thankful for? Have a think about that for a minute. How does Thanksgiving rate in your life, in your walk? And has it changed over the journey? Do you strive after and are thankful for the things common to the world? Or do you strive after and thankful for things of an eternal nature, something higher? Now, at this stage, I had a little story in here because Kara's saying, if the kids are here, you've always got to have a little story for the kids. That's what they do in Fiji. The kids are gone. <laughs> but the story I was going to give was one of Jesus' um, talking about the 10 people who had a bad skin condition, okay? And they came to Jesus to be healed. And we know, all know about that story from Luke 17. And of the 10, how many, of the 10 who are healed, how, how many came back to say thank you? Just the one. Just the one. The Bible says that, that person, and again, this is to the kids, that uh, that person was glorifying God with a loud voice and that he lay down before Jesus and said, Thank you, okay? So just a very simple story to illustrate. We need to say thank you, and quite often we don't to God, okay? All right, before we get into the uh, letter to, uh, to the Colossians, let's have a brief look at the uh, origins of Thanksgiving. All the feasts and, and festivals of Israel were set for Thanksgiving, and we see a number of them mentioned in Leviticus 23. The First Fruits Festival, the Feasts of Weeks, Tabernacles, Trumpets, Pentecost, Passover, all are great national acts of thanksgiving to a God who had served his people so lovingly and graciously. And these feasts and festivals of thanksgiving were a way to remember that God alone provides us with all we need to live a way of publicly bearing witness to our dependence on God, of expressing our individual and corporate thanksgiving to our maker and our sustainer. And today around the world we see a number of different festivals that uh, do give thanks. And in England and Canada they have these uh, Sunday harvests, uh, whole harvest Sunday kind of festivals. 
there's a Canadian Thanksgiving and a number around different Thanksgivings around the world. And the best known is the um, American Thanksgiving, um, which is partly a harvest festival, but is also symbolic in finding freedom in a new land as well. But a festival of Thanksgiving is just a name. What makes the, uh, it more valuable is the quality and the extent of the gratitude of the people who participate. And let's explore that a bit further as we turn to Colossians and see how Paul encourages these people to live uh, a spirit-filled life full of thanksgiving. So let's turn to Colossians. It's a letter written by Paul in AD 60 to the church in Colossae. And it's a church founded by uh, Epaphras, one of Paul's converts, a faithful brother. And it's important to note this time that Paul um, had never been there. Okay? He'd never been, he, he didn't establish that church. It was Epaphras who had done that. Because Paul was in, in prison when he was writing this letter uh, in Rome. And he had heard excellent reports of the church in Colossae, but also heard that false teachings were being introduced into the church. Now, we're not exactly sure what these false teachings were, but if you read through Colossians, and you'll get a, a sense that it's probably something to do with the preeminence of, of Christ, okay? Um, these new teachings or false teachings were questioning the superiority of Christ. So Paul wrote this letter to warn the believers and to establish them in their faith. And if you look at the location of Colossae, you, you'll understand probably why there was this uh, um, false teaching, these false teachings, were, why they were coming in. Colossae is inland from Epaphus, and it's near two other towns, uh, Laodicea and uh, Horapolis. And its location was a meeting point of east and west. Okay? And there was a, a, a pretty important trade route going through there, and so it had this large Jewish, Jewish colony, but it also had a constant influx of new ideas and doctrines from the East. So you had the Christian truth mixed with Jewish legalism and Oriental mysticism. By the way, Paul also wrote a letter to Laodicea, the church in Laodicea. And these two letters were to be read at each of the churches and the towns around there. Um, but unfortunately, that letter has been lost. Now, what I'd like you to get out of this message today is the more wonderful we see Jesus to be, the more we will be grateful to God for him and his blessings. So we're looking at thanksgiving in the context of what Christ has done for us. And the true spirit-filled thanksgiving it's not something that can be manufactured, okay? It comes from, comes from the heart. A heart that has experienced the transforming work of Christ on the cross and wants to acknowledge that through praise and thanksgiving. So the questions I asked at the beginning to consider your own thanksgiving, they were more to sharpen your focus on this, not for you to start trying to be more thankful. It doesn't work that way. We'll see as we go through these verses. Yes, there, are, there may be some practical tips and, and, and things to help cultivate thanksgiving, but like the fruit of the Spirit, 
the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, it's not an intellectual process, okay? It's a heart process. And Paul puts it very clearly throughout Colossians that this heart process uh, of abounding in, in thanksgiving is triggered or motivated by our love for Christ, by putting Christ first, by being rooted in him, by seeing how wondrous he is. And the subtitle to this message on Thanksgiving is um, Maturity in Christ or Perfection in Christ. So we see the more wonderful we see Jesus to be, being more thankful to him and his blessings, the more mature we become in Christ. That's the ultimate goal, goal once we have been saved, to grow in Christ, sanctification. Being a Christian, born again, born from above, it's not a static thing. There's growth. And it's not always going to be smooth, all right? But it's, there's going to be growth, and that's sanctification. Thanksgiving, maturity in Christ, is part of that, being perfected. And I need to note at this stage that maturity in, in Christ does not always equate with age or years in the Lord. Often it does, but you can have someone who may be young in the Lord and mature in their walk. Or you could have someone who is uh, years in the Lord and still lack maturity in Christ. So let's start with Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Wow, that was a long introduction. <laughs> All right. Let's turn to there, Colossians 2, 6 and 7. And many consider this to be the centerpiece, the heart of this letter to the Colossians. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanks giving. Before you can grow in Christ and give thanks, you must receive Jesus Christ as Lord. Verse 6 says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord. Putting your faith in Christ, believing in him is the first step to a changed life, a forgiven life, a life with purpose and a future hope of everlasting life, a life of thanksgiving. Let me make it clear, though, that salvation is from God. He initiates it and he will finish the good work he has started through sanctification. But, again, to the kids here, who are not here, if you were given a gift at Christmas time or a birthday and you just left it there, unwrapped, not opened, yes, you'll still have that gift, but you'll miss out on the full benefits of that gift. So we've got, to give, we've got to use what God has given us, okay? And this pleases God. But it's a heart-wrenching thing, particularly when it's loved ones and they choose not to receive Christ at all. We know that if they were to die in their sins, eternity in hell awaits. And it's also sad when some receive Christ Jesus but don't accept him as Lord. They've tasted the goodness of Christ, the grace of God, but they pick and choose which part of their lives Christ will be Lord over. One foot in the world and one foot 
in Christ. Kara's home island in Fiji, Tabuni. Beautiful island. It's called the Garden Island. Um, but it has the international dateline running right through it. One of the, only the few places on earth that the dateline goes through the land. And so physically and theoretically, you can have one foot in yesterday and one foot in today if you stand either side of that line. And being people take photos, I think we've kids, our kids have photos being taken there doing that same thing. And so, yes, it's physically possible to do that, but it's impossible to live your life that way. Same with one foot in the world and one foot in Christ. It's a dangerous game to play that doesn't lead to maturity in Christ and deprives you of thanksgiving, of giving glory to God. With both feet firmly standing in the good news of Jesus, only then can we become the kind of persistently thankful people God has created us to be. Verse 6 and 7 continues, So walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith. Then we need to walk in him. Not away from him, not apart from him, not even with him. It says, in him. Our way, of our way of life needs to be in Christ because he dwells in us. We need to be rooted and built up in him so that our faith is established. Walking in him, we are now told to do so with thanksgiving. End of verse 7, abounding in thanksgiving. A great word, abounding in thanksgiving. If you fully appreciate that Christ came to save us from our sins, his sacrifice on the cross, crushed by his father's wrath, and yet still obedient to be made sin, you cannot but be but full of thanksgiving. See how wonderful Jesus is. Yet we still struggle to verbalise thanks at times, don't we? Some may say, well, God already knows how I feel on the inside. Or, I'm going through a lot of stuff at the moment. I don't really feel like giving thanks to God. Or, it's, I, I just wasn't brought up that way. And I can kind of relate to that, being, having a, a Catholic upbringing. There was no raising of arms in the church service there. There was no shouting out, thanks be to God or praise the Lord, nothing like that. How embarrassing if I was to do that in that kind of a setting. It just wasn't the done thing. You sit there, you listen, and that's it. But it shouldn't be that way. It's not about how comfortable we feel. It's not about me and it's not about you. It's about God. He's worthy of thanksgiving, no matter how we feel or what we are going through. If our spiritual roots are deep in Christ, studying and growing in the word, our hearts will be overflowing with thanksgiving. And this is the mark of a mature Christian. No matter the circumstances, the hardships we endure, the Lord, know, and the Lord knows the hardships that we've been through, a lot of us this year, this past year. Um, the loss of loved ones, health issues, the financial struggles, the relationship stresses that we've been through, the spiritual battles. But despite all this, because we have received Christ Jesus as Lord and walked in him, grounded in our faith, we can give thanks and we can continue to give thanks. It's not easy at times, but that's growing in Christ. A mark of maturity, allowing God to continue to 
mold us. And thanks is the ultimate act of praise because it says, God, I thank you for the hard times. I thank you even for those that die. I thank you even for a difficult marriage. I thank you even for a job that's unfulfilling. I thank you uh, for everything because I know it can be used for my good and its intention is to conform me to Jesus Christ. Job said, naked I came into this world, naked I shall leave. And that's okay, because the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I thank you, God, when you give, and I thank you, God, when you take. And that's maturity. That's a spirit-filled Christian. Everything that God does is for you. Sometimes it's a blessing. Sometimes it seems more like a bit of a trial. But the ultimate goal is the glory of God. You glorify God by being thankful. And not just after the event, but also before. Second Chronicles chapter 20, Jehoshaphat, before the battle, sees that it's humanly impossible to win. Everyone's worried. But they brought it before the Lord. But they believed God and they gave God thanks. And before the battle even started, the battle was theirs. God wants your thanksgiving before the battle even begins. <clears throat> and this is tough. This is a test of your spiritual maturity. When we freak out and, and, and fall apart in anticipation of the problem, then we haven't quite reached that level yet. Thank God after the blessing, that's easy. Thank God before the battle begins, that's pretty hard. But I reckon the hardest of all to thank God is in the middle of the battle. When it looks like we're losing, smack bang in the middle of life's storms. That's tough. And I think we can all attest to that. In the middle of a setback, a challenge or a trial, when the storm comes, giving thanks is rarely our first reaction. Being thankful for adversity is never easy, but it's always right. Have you noticed that in difficult times, um, these are the ones in which God seems to be most at work in our lives, strengthening our weak spots, comforting our hurts, and drawing us to a greater dependence on Him. And this is where fellowship is so important. We can be <coughs> encouraged by those who continue to give thanks even in, in the darkest of situations. The testimonies we hear, um, whether um, the prayers and, that are offered up in prayer meetings, uh, in church or at home groups, the conversations that we have after church, before church or in the home groups. Do you know someone like that? Abounding in thanksgiving, even in the darkest of situations. Look around you. They might be next to you. They might be in front of you or behind you. One of those people that is here today, someone who just abounds in thanksgiving even in the most difficult of times. So let's strive to be that way too as we walk in him. What an encouragement. And perhaps one day we will also be an encouragement to someone else who's going through a difficult time. Can you see how wonderful Jesus is? Colossians 1, 3 to 8. <coughs> we give thanks to the, 
the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you, as it is also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit, as it is as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. As you also learn from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. Verse 3, we give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Like Paul here, we should be thankful for what God is doing in the lives of others. As Christians, we are all members of one body. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 13, For as a body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptised into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. If one member of the body is strengthened, this helps to strengthen the entire body. So when we see someone who has a fruit-bearing life of faith, love, hope and gratefulness, we know that they have heard the good news through someone like an Epaphras, a faithful servant, somewhere along the line. Okay? And that should make our hearts burst with thanksgiving. And let me ask you, who is the Epaphras in your life? Who can you thank God for? Who has shared the gospel with you? Was it family? Was it a Sunday school teacher? Was it a friend? Or was it a faithful minister? Where did you hear the gospel first? Who told you about Jesus Christ? We can thank God for them, just as Paul was thankful for Epaphras, his beloved fellow servant. Now, in the same token, who are the Colossians in your life? Whose lives can you thank God for, even if you haven't met them before? Okay, Just as Paul hadn't met the Colossians, yet he still gave thanks for them, praying always for them. Who can you pray for, other Christians? Perhaps it's Christians being persecuted, or new converts on the mission fields, or those who are actually on the mission field serving. We may not have ever met them, but we can pray for them when we hear about them. So every time we read or hear of our brothers and sisters in Christ, we can thank God for them. A heart of thanksgiving which drives, drives us to prayer, not ceasing to pray and giving thanks as we read in uh, Colossians 1, 9 to 12. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering, with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. These Colossians had put on Christ. 
And now Paul was encouraging them to work, to walk worthy of the Lord. And this is pleasing to God. To see this change in the Colossians is worthy of thanks. All through the, and this is all done through the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Are you getting a sense of how wonderful Jesus is? Oh, we know how wonderful he is, but can you just see that being magnified? Is it leading you to be thankful? So in verse 12, we see that Paul expresses thanks for salvation. To thank God for the salvation that has been provided in Christ. Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. And then he goes on in verse 13 and 14, if you read on, um, to, um, he basically sums up the doctrine of salvation uh, by mentioning inheritance, deliverance and transference, giving thanks for these three truths. Inheritance, who has, been made us, who has made us fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Deliverance, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and transference and has transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, of whom we have redemption, even the forgiveness of sins. So we are thankful for all of God's gifts, especially his eternal gifts. And this is what we want to fix our eyes upon. By faith in Jesus, we, we come out of that darkness and into the light. We're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, praise the Lord. Saved from eternal penalty in hell, free to enjoy the pleasure of being thankful uh, for God's favour towards us. And so it is fitting for a redeemed rebel like ourselves to be in an ongoing posture of gratitude towards our Redeemer. And this kind of life that flows from such amazing grace is a life of continual thanks, thankfulness. And this is the kind of life which we are being continually renewed, progressively being made more like Jesus. And so the Apostle Paul encourages, encourages these uh, Christians to have lives characterised by thanksgiving. And just like the Colossians, we are, have also been changed. A new man, a new creation, with changed characteristics and tendencies. And that's something to be thankful for. Colossians 3, verses 12 to 17. And again, as we read through these verses, the word thankfulness or um, thanksgiving is the same word throughout. Colossians 3, 12 to 17. <coughs> Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a, a complaint against, one, against another. Even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, sing, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through him. So we have this character of a new man. Think of who you were 
before you came to Christ, before you were in Christ. The lies, the anger, the bitterness, the hardness of heart, being impatient, proud, self-centered. Look back at verse uh, 5 in uh, chapter 3 here. Therefore put, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Does that remind you of how you were before you came to Christ? Now, see how Christ has changed you. Just like the Colossians who Paul encouraged to put on these beautiful graces of tender mercies, of kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, patience and forgiveness, we too have put on these um, tendencies, okay? Our character has been changed. Chosen by God, set apart by God, loved by God, and forgiven by God, and that's God's grace. We can therefore put on love, and we have peace in our hearts. And what's our response to that? Verse 15, be thankful. How can you not be? And then we look in verse 17, thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever we do, words or actions, we do in the name of Jesus. Let's give thanks to God through Jesus Christ, and with the power of the Holy Spirit. For those who know and love the Lord, it ought to be an attitude every day as we consistently praise and thank God for his rich blessings and his work in our lives. But in the business of life, we sometimes forget how every day um, depends on God's sustaining grace and we fall out, fall out of a routine of thankful praise. What we end up doing is we often start or end up focusing on the bigger uh, ticket items, you know, like the really big blessings we give thanks for or, or the long-awaited answers to prayer, we give thanks for those. And sometimes we forget the little mercies afforded to us each day, which we should be thankful for. To sh help shape our thankfulness every day, we need to recognise and give thanks in all things, big and small, through Christ. The more we are able to do this, the more wonderful we see Jesus. Actually, the more wonderful we see Jesus, the more we are able to do this and grow in maturity in him. So let's look at some of the things which, which we may neglect to give thanks. And we've covered some of these already. So in regards to God, it's not hard to remember to thank God for what he's done. Um, but how often do we thank him simply for who he is? So let's give thanks to his holy name. Set aside, set aside time to dwell on God's attributes and thank him for his holy character. And what about scripture? We are thankful for God, God's inspired word and the truth it teaches us about him, his son and his plan for our redemption. And let's give thanks to God that we have an eternal uh, instruction book, basically, okay, which is consistent and we can depend on for all matters of life. The blessings of knowing and growing in God's truth ought to be a source of unending thanks. And what about Christ and salvation? Thankfulness for God's greatest gift to us. And as we mentioned previously in chapter 1, um, no work of God is more worthy of gratitude than salvation. Before coming to know Christ, each of us lived in a self-imposed prison. Guilty, condemned, spiritually blind and with no means to pay our debt 
Our destiny was one of eternal separation from God. But Christ not only rescued us from the power and penalty of our sins, he also lifted us up to a place of blessing. He delivered us from the punishment and, and brought glory. He, he took away the threat of hell and gave us a hope of heaven. And he dismissed us from divine wrath and brought us divine forgiveness, a newness, a newness of life. And that's something to be thankful for. And spiritual growth. We can rejoice that God doesn't merely save us, but that through his spirit and his word, he refines and sharpens us for the work of his kingdom. We should be ever, we should be ever thankful that he doesn't just leave us, okay, in our infancy of our faith, but that he continues to sanctify us throughout the rest of our lives to maturity in Christ perfected in him. And then again, fellow believers, just as Paul did at the beginning, giving thanks for God's work in others. Rarely do we live in total, in total, total spiritual isolation. Okay? So rarely do we live in total spiritual isolation. God has surrounded us um, with brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. And he's forged those relationships for our growth, encouragement, accountability, and spiritual sharpening. And we ought to be thankful for, for this. Fellowship is so important. So those are just some of the things, even big and small, that we can be thankful to God for. Finally, and that's always a good word to hear in a sermon, finally, in chapter 4, verse 2. Let's go to that one. Almost there. Praise the Lord. All right. Chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 2, Paul gives us a great lesson in effective praying. And I want you, as we read this, to look for three ingredients. Chapter 4, verse 2 in Colossians, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it, with thanksgiving. Did you see those ingredients there? Prayers must be faithful. Continue earnestly, steadfast in your prayer life. Be committed, don't quit. We often pray just when we feel like it, as we've mentioned. Often on the go or in a time of crisis, pray without ceasing is God's command to us. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We want to be constantly in fellowship with God so that prayer is as normal as breathing. It's an attitude of dependence on God willingness to lay aside other distractions and give ourselves to prayer. The second ingredient, be vigilant. We must be watchful in prayer. Watch and pray. In Nehemiah, when the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and they were under the threat of attack by the enemies, Nehemiah 4.9, Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. And Jesus' own words in the Garden of Gethsemane, Mark 14, 38, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then the third ingredient, our, prayer, our praying should be thankful. There's that word again. Thanksgiving is an important ingredient in prayer. 
Philippians 4.6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. If all we do is ask and not give God thanks, we're being selfish. Yes, it's important to ask, and we're commanded to ask, and to be specific at times as well. But are our prayer lists balanced? Where's our maturity in Christ? Is there more asking God for this or that compared to giving thanks? Sincere gratitude to God is one of the best ways to put fervour into our praying. So again, faithful, vigilant and thankful prayer marks of maturing in Christ. Conclusion. Excellent. Looking through these uh, verses in Colossians, um, let me ask you again, how thankful are you? Is thanksgiving a priority in your Christian life? Or is it an afterthought? Are you maturing in Christ, being perfected in him? And all this is related to how wonderful, how precious we see Jesus. How wonderful, how precious, precious is Jesus to you? The more we marvel at his nature, the more thanksgiving will be flowing from our hearts and the more mature we, be, we become in him. In this letter to the Colossians, Paul demonstrated clearly the preeminence of Christ and, and that's the main theme of Colossians. And again, one day it would be great to go through verse by verse. He is our all in all. But from this should flow our thanks to God from our changed heart. Remember, it's not manufactured, okay? This thankfulness is not something we can manufacture. It's an outpouring of love for Christ. And we need to put the intellect away. So this part process of abounding in thanksgiving is triggered or motivated by our love for Christ, by putting Christ first, by being rooted in him, by seeing how wonderful he is. So just as Paul encouraged the Colossians with their new character, to continue earnestly in prayer, being watchful and with thanks, we, having also received Christ Jesus as Lord, must walk in a way worthy, abounding in thanksgiving, growing in Christ, mature in him. How wonderful is Jesus? A spirit-filled, Christ-centered, Bible-based, prayerful, faithful, obedient Christian gives God thanks to God for everything. Thanks to be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, our hearts are just full of thanksgiving. We are so thankful for everything in our lives, Lord. Your mercy your forgiveness, your love, your patience, your, your provision day by day. And Lord, we just want to lift our hearts this morning and our voices and praise and thanks you. Thank you for all that you have provided and continue to provide. In everything we say and do, we want to honour you. We want to glorify your name. And we pray all this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen.